right. You can beat this. It's all a matter of willpower. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials will be marching back to 1997. This week, I'm lucky enough to be joined by... Michael R. Power. Ian Walter. Well, gentlemen, in some ways, we're going back to our roots of what the show was initially, and we're also implementing new ideas. Um... I would like to give the credit to Mike. I think he had the general idea of going to 25 years. We're going to sort of have a theme going throughout 2022. If you've listened to us in the past, we've had episodes about 1995. We've had episodes about 1996. The Backies, for example, earlier this year were a big hit. We had a blast doing that. We've had good uh, good response to that episode as well, going back 25 years. So now that we're in 2022, we thought... Let's sort of base our year around a whole bunch of stuff that happened around 1997. So we're already in March, so we're just going to start in March. And we're going to look at some key dates that came out and releases that came out in March of 1997. Did I miss anything, Mike? I feel like I'm somewhere around there. Yeah, no, you got it. Yeah, so last year, sort of a loose theme of the show was looking back in 1996 a lot. This year... We're going to look back on 1997 a lot. We're probably going to be like an episode a month at least where we're looking back and, and we're going to do our 97 summer movie wager. We're going to do our 97 game awards and then we're going to have other fun 1997 themed episodes. So stay tuned for those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're still moving forward. We're just back in my day moving forward. <laughs> yeah, the, way, the way we move forward. <laughs> the way we move forward is we go back 25 years. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so uh, the initial concept of the show was to look at uh, key dates and releases that came out. So because we're at the beginning, the first week of March, that's what we're going to do in this episode. We'll probably do this idea uh, roughly once a month, like Mike said sprinkled in with other 1997 ideas. So for now, we're going to start with March releases. We have uh, a bunch of movies and a couple of video games uh, to talk about. So right off the bat, early in March, on March 7th, 1997, were two movies that are likely complete opposites and different audiences. We probably only saw one of these, is my guess. One of them is Jungle to Jungle, and another one is private parts and you're licking whipped cream off a kielbasa and you're putting it in your mouth and you're, you're jamming the kielbasa all the way down your throat oh my god look at that the entire kielbasa is going down she has swallowed an entire 13 inch kielbasa look at that a full 13 inches ladies and gentlemen wow you gotta love that folks you gotta love it don't you ross oh Ross Buckingham, have you ever seen a woman swallow an entire 13-inch kielbasa? When you were in the theater, did you ever work with a kielbasa? <laughs> yeah, which just by the title alone, even if you don't know what that movie is, was not for us when we were, you know, but under 10 years old. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> That's the Howard Stern movie, right? Howard Stern yeah. semi-autobiographical oh movie. Oh, my God. I have um, such memories of this movie because I Do you? I have never seen this, so go for after, it. After, not in 97, because we were... Yeah. Um, under 10 years old but yeah sometime after that uh my friend's older brother had this movie and we would throw it on uh when we weren't supposed to and 
it's actually pretty i don't know how it holds up but i remember it being a pretty funny movie actually and you know when you're young and you're just watching movie you shouldn't be watching you kind of get that rush that's kind of what it did you know it's kind of like if you sneak into a rated r movie when you're 15. it could be a bad movie but you'll always remember that movie as being awesome because you were underage when you saw it for me that's the first underworld movie i love those movies because i stuck i went into the first one when it wasn't supposed to and like, those are legit movies too. Those are good. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah that's great. what this movie reminds me of you know the humor that you weren't supposed to be listening to and um, i've never i'm not really howard stern guy i'm not yeah but but this movie i i do like have fond memories of this movie for that reason and you have you seen this ian i i have not seen it yeah i remember private practice it's interesting because you know we talked about of course 96 films we did a whole episode on the the 99 ones we talk about how we were in this weird phase in the late 90s where it's like we were watching movies that were age appropriate and then we were ha- having fun watching these kind of like you know uh rated r or like movies that we definitely weren't supposed to watch whatever they're rated <laughs> yeah um, so it's it's interesting because i i think i probably hit this one a year or two later mm-hmm. but in 97 i was uh right around 12 so I was seeing movies like Jungle to Jungle in theater, but the movies that I wasn't supposed to be seeing, the reason why we like a lot of the 96 films is because I was hitting them around that time too, right? Right. So it's like getting them on video a year later and sort of in 97 is probably when I watched a lot of movies from 96. So Private Parts definitely hit a a couple years later. I was never a huge Howard Stern guy. I feel like the older generations were definitely into him more as like a radio personality. He's right up our alley because we're, you know, we're sitting here on on the air um but uh he's you know, he, he actually he that's a his... good point he's a very early i mean his radio show was yeah talk radio but it was very much uh a very early podcast ish style really that's true yeah potty so, humor and stuff but you know yeah so i think it was it was funny and and i think like a lot of us enjoyed tim allen around those you know 90 in the 90s so jungle to jungle had its its moment in the sun as well yeah i 100 percent saw that movie super memorable for me but i do remember seeing theaters so yeah i don't know if it holds up based on the premise anymore but (laughs) well i was thinking about it and it's like it's kind of weird because you know it's got that like sort of white male star in the jungle and like it's basically a ripoff of tarzan in, in ways sort but, of like young tarzan but, like almost, disney yeah. love doing that they made him the santa claus like they made him the wherever tim allen will fit in we're gonna that's exactly <laughs> you know what that's a good point i completely forgot that i guess santa claus would be two three years before this and that was such a big movie for so many of us it's like of course you're gonna go see what he does next by disney you know right. like you're gonna go to the i i do remember seeing this movie and actually probably santa claus well maybe you didn't see santa claus in theaters but jungle the jungle 100 we i saw this in the theater and it was something that we revisited I, I don't know that we owned the vhs but i know someone in my family or friends had it because i do remember watching it you know on tv a decent amount of times as well it's i i, I have a hard time believing it holds up and is you know culturally appropriate at this point that might be a scary one to revisit if somebody uh if somebody ends up winning the summer movie (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's perfect (laughs) at least martin short is in it so you know there'll be some good laughs oh my god yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah. okay as long okay so he'll save a few scenes whatever he's in he'll be able to save a few scenes so okay um one week later uh sorry guys but it is the best star wars movie but it's a special edition march 14th 1997 return of the jedi special edition hit movie theaters in north america so 
Um, my favorite Star Wars movie probably always will be uh, my personal favorite of all time. And, um, you know, I, I think I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, especially Ian, if you remember, but I think Return of the Jedi might have had the least amount of additions and edits compared uh, to the others. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they all have their moments. And, they do, uh, for sure. And Return of the Jedi, it might not have as many as A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back, but I think it might have the most egregious of them all. <laughs> Why would you think the, of? You, you know what I'm talking about. The Jabba's, Jabba's Palace uh, bonanza. That's about that's about where it gets a little too ridiculous for me. On rewatch, though, I will have to say though, in theater, it was just another cool part of Star Wars that I was never exposed to before. Yeah. That I was seeing for the first time on the big screen. So I, I'm yeah. sure it wasn't egregious at the time. It just sort of it's, it becomes a little cringier. Well, it wasn't because it was also like that's what the technology could do at the time too. So it looked fine to us, you know, 25 well, years ago. The, but the problem is, is like. Star Wars was so revolutionary with its technology when it first hit as yeah. a blockbuster. And the the stuff that George Lucas was experimenting, uh, sort of heading into the prequel era, like he was definitely trying to push the envelope, but he was a little too early on some of it. And I think Just a touch of that early, shows. he definitely was. But yeah. like, I mean, I'm sure it did wonders for the industry as a whole. Right? Yeah. And I think yeah. that the most of the CGI still holds up for the prequels because they do fine tune it and this and that. Uh, mm-hmm. For the prequel trilogy, they they remaster it and all this, but it does look a little out of place when it's kind of overlapping on the older original trilogy. I think that's the problem is that yeah. they're they're basically doing like a fake green screen in a way, like and and that's way obviously way more possible now. We've seen that in so many movies that we've talked about, but twenty five years ago, you know, twenty seven years ago when they started working on these movies, twenty eight, whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you could do. I, I can I can completely see that. Um, it's it's funny because I thought Ian was going to mention the uh, Sarlacc bit. As the, as <laughs> so the, was I. That's uh, what I most egregious. Uh, but but I guess I guess my point is that like I, I thought I thought of Sarlacc pit first actually for whatever reason. But they're so quick, right? Whereas in New Hope, you know, I still I still don't mind that scene with Han and Jabba. Like I don't mind that with him outside the Falcon. It doesn't look great, but it's, I actually don't mind that you can actually see a history that they've had before, where they actually interact with each other. Yeah, yeah. But it's for, longer. For story, right? it plays, but you exactly, know, you know why it got omitted, right? Because yeah. it was originally just like a human. Yeah, yeah, just dressed like up bigger, as Jabba, bigger yeah. white guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, no, it's um, just a fact. It was just a fat guy. It wasn't even dressed up. Imagine yeah. <laughs> what Star Wars as a or like as a classic trilogy would have been without like if they had left that scene in they had to stick with him as Jabba the Hutt. Oh, it would not God. be the same yeah. at all. No way. That was There's so no iconic. way. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty funny. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think it, the special editions have a special place in my heart. So all of them were pretty incredible. To watch. It's because those are the ones we uh, saw yeah. in theaters. Yeah, so, that's the thing. You know, and and so, getting to see them like back to back, like month after month, yeah. was was pretty awesome. I remember well, yeah, because the theater. I think so. the first two came out in '96. No, no, no. And, it was January, February, March. Oh, was it, is that what they did? They yeah. were all '97. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like it was literally. Oh, yeah, like, yeah right. we're going yeah. back in a month, right? Like we're going back. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, hundred percent. I went to all of them. 100%. And it was like it was George basically showing off and getting ready for the the next trilogy, right? So yeah, I mean it's a it's a great marketing idea. Let's be honest. Like yeah. I, at our age, we didn't think of it that way, but it really was. <laughs> it was and, fantastic. And I will idea. Say, oh yeah, and a callback to our because you mentioned the Starlock pit. Callback to our breakdowns, our in depth uh, Book of Boba Fett discussions on Patreon and off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's I did like the choice where they first show us the Sarlacc pit and it's just like the classic Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. And then the second time we go back to it, we get the prequel era Sarlacc. <laughs> and they kill it. Yeah. And they kill the prequel. That's definitely deliberate by yeah. Favreau yeah. Maloney <laughs> just to like murder and kill like as many of the like things that fans hated from the re- didn't, didn't like, re- yeah. masters or the, <laughs> the, the, or the, the special right? editions. Yeah. yeah so, so that's, I love that. that and yeah, Dave that. mentioned Return of the Jedi being your all-time favorite Star Wars film. That is completely valid. And of course, there is no wrong answer when it comes to your favorite Star Wars film. But I will take yeah. any of the original yeah. trilogy as anybody's favorite would be uh, ideal for me. Yeah, to, yeah, for, for sure. This old guy, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And um, yeah, it's we we did a whole recap on all the Star Wars movies last year. Yeah, and uh, I think we all gushed about this movie and. Just it's all time classic. Even the even the uh, special edition. Even the special edition. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. On uh, uh, March eighteenth of nineteen ninety seven, this series as a whole was huge for me as a kid. But March eighteenth, nineteen ninety seven was Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Now they'll go to any lengths. I'm scared stiff. And any heights to get the kids' attention. Before it's too late. Get ready to party. You can't have a party. What are you going to do about it? Some believer. You are dead in leap, mister! Clark, you're three quarters of an inch tall. It's the fastest. Hold on! It's a jump! <laughs> so, oh, okay. I don't know. Oh, so, oh Mike's surprised. So, th- I assume you haven't watched this, but... No. Uh, Honey, We Shrunk the Kids, obviously, was the first. And... Honey, I blew up the baby. Was the second one? I can't believe I got that wrong. It's Honey, I blew up the kid. <sighs> you can take my '90s card away from me now. All right, back to the show. I saw that so, one. Yeah, it's, I was. This is the third one, right? This yeah, is the third one. Yeah. yeah. So I think the reason why this one stands out a little bit to me is because it's sort of like, I mean, they're all kids' movies, but this one is sort of like. Um, the kids are running amok through the house, you know, like it gives the opportunity for the kids to kind of, it's like that, that fantasy of like, Oh, our parents are gone. We can do whatever we want. And that's kind of what they do with all the kids in this. Um, so I think that's kind of why it's fun, but this one also just stands out because, the, because all three of these movies are, were so big for me as a kid. I, I absolutely, I just, I love them so much. There was so much this fun. One, uh, didn't even get a uh, theatrical release, did it? It was just straight to home video. I think so. I, I think that's that's what I saw out. earlier as well. Yeah. 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 Well, I just I just miss uh, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. I think I think I'm inspired now. I think I'm gonna now at Disney Plus. I think I'm gonna rewatch these three movies. Uh, so I'm gonna add it to the list of movies to watch with my daughter eventually i think she's gonna love watch them. out for that first yeah. one that first one i remember could be a little bit scary because there's like i know that they're very you know mm-hmm. it's very old technology at this point and they're all sort of probably robotics or whatever but there's the giant ants and the giant bees and things like that that could be depending on age i can i could mm-hmm. see that maybe startling kids or whatever but um 
Definitely one of my favorite parts than Encanto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the series was uh, was going to I get these are Disney movies I think right. Yep. Yeah. They yeah. Are. Was going to Disneyland in I want to say it was grade four or five was the first time that I went. And going to the area of, I guess, Disney World, it was in Florida, because land, I think, is California. Um, and they had a whole section, which I know that doesn't exist anymore, a whole section of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And he walked through the backyard and everything was, you know, 20 feet tall and stuff. I just re- I remember just loving and soaking that all in. And and uh, that was such a cool, cool thing to do. And at that point, I think, would have been around the time that this movie came out it was probably when I first went to, to Disney. So um yeah i man i love these movies they're so yeah. fun <laughs> so eight years between the original and uh, the third one yeah i do remember the second one was the baby blowing up being quote unquote blowing up and <laughs> running through up. vegas <laughs> he yeah. was running through vegas and the i use i use the quote of the baby like every couple of weeks or if there's something around the house or something that I need to fix, I say, I fix it. And that's what the kid keeps saying in that movie. He knocks like a sign over and he goes, I fix it. I fix it. And he just makes more damage. And um, I think Uh, we have to mention that the legendary Rick Moranis is actually coming back for a honey. I shrunk the kids television show or series, I guess not a TV show anymore, but series on Disney plus called shrunk. And yeah, so they're actually bringing like nothing is is dead back. Nothing is dead. They dumped in, uh, the money off on the front line. Yeah. Huh? He wouldn't come back for Ghostbusters, but he will come back for Shrunk. Yeah. Honey, we brought back Rick Moranis. That's what yeah. it's... <laughs> I bet you he'll barely be in it, but uh, the fact that he's in it, I don't know. I might actually give this a shot on Disney+. Plus. We'll see. Well, you, you know what they might do is they might do the same thing they did with the uh, with the Mighty Ducks series, where uh, Emilio Estevez was in it, but he was maybe five, 10 minutes per episode, a couple episodes. I watched the whole thing because it was Mighty Ducks, so I had to. Um, it's very much a kid's show, but I do recommend it for for kids that are starting to play hockey and stuff. I think it's a great, great sort of kids, um, sort of lots of learning and th- it's, it's anyways. Um, he's in it every couple episodes for a few minutes, a couple episodes he shows up for a few minutes more, but he's definitely not the focus. They might do it the same way with this. And I actually think it worked because, Emilio Estevez is is a decent enough actor, especially now and everything. And he has like the history and they talk about the history of it and they, they don't ignore the movies in any way. Um, so they might do the same thing with, with Moranis and these. And I think for the most part it worked. So I, I, they might just do it the same way and same kind of structure. And it'll just be a sort of lighthearted kids show with some, you know, lessons to be learned every few episodes, that kind of thing. You gotta so. feed, feed that Disney plus beast you gotta feed nostalgia it machine and you gotta feed it with nostalgia or at least every other thing has to be something every, like every few things needs to That's be filled it feels with nostalgia. Like yeah <laughs> for sure we often talk it. about nostalgia it. as a currency and right now it's riding high right? oh so yes exactly yeah. Yeah. Lots. Lots. the era of nostalgia yeah. yeah we are the age of nostalgia <laughs> for sure my, just like my daughter she loves Star Wars and Darth Vader and Spider Man and Ghostbusters like it's crazy like she likes all the things I well, like. She it's just funny. likes her dad. <laughs> well, at least one of us does. At least someone does. God On the note of loving things that we love, I just finished the entire Skywalker saga with my nephew, and it was pretty. Yeah, cool. that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. All all nine, eh? Although I I used to joke because like between Last Jedi and 
Rise of Skywalker. Like, okay, so we're going to watch the next one. And I'm like, we have to wait years for these, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you get to burn through them in like one you spoil brat. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to make them wait 20 years to watch the yeah, next yeah. one. Yeah. But I want more. <laughs> okay, so our next date we hit is the 20th of 1997, March 1997. We're going to go to video games now. And the reason why I pinpoint this game is because it is actually very influential in a ton of games over the last, I would say, at least 10 years. But it is Castlevania Three: Symphony of the Night. And this is the one that I believe, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe it was, it was exclusive to PS1. Uh, eventually came out for other stuff. But the reason why this one stands out, um, I played this far later, I think on PlayStation Plus or something like that. Um, is because the whole Metroidvania type of description of games now is based off, it comes from this game. Like this was the first game that did that idea. Metroid kind of did it, but ca- this Castlevania title, number three, is the one that expanded it into a different, a whole bigger and different idea. So Symphony of the Night is big because of that. I'm not a massive cancel- Castlevania fan, but that's why I was like, okay, well, this one obviously is very influential. You mash this together with Metroid and you basically have a whole genre that dozens of games a year are now based on. So um, I don't know. Are you guys, did you guys play any Castlevania games at all or this one specifically? Great name, number one. For it is actually, yeah, you're right. Um, played a bit of Castlevanias in my life, but not. I was never a PlayStation owner, so never this one specifically. But I do like yeah. the, uh, the anime show on Netflix and I do, looking at the cover, kind of recognize some of these characters, so... Right, yeah, yeah I haven't cool. watched that. Yeah, you said it was really good too. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I started it. It was definitely up my alley. I just I gotta get back to it because it's definitely uh, the older versions of the game. Like I remember, um, I think the first Castlevania three was in like ninety two, but it was for like SNES, right? Yeah, so those are the ones I played. Uh, yeah. Those are the ones that that I I was into. I, n- I never was a PlayStation guy, so whenever I went to my friend's house, it was whatever games they had, and uh, never really got a chance play this one but i see that they released it for things like playstation 4 so it might be i might get a chance to yeah back around to it i dabbled in i remember at the time it was it wasn't super expensive or anything because it was like a re-release of a retro game and stuff and i did i don't i i don't think i finished it but i do remember playing it's it's an updated version of of those snes titles and it's it's worth playing especially if it's only a few bucks i'm sure at this point 25 years later it's not too expensive if you find the copy so um, all right, so back to movies. On the 21st, the next day, in 19- March of 1997, classic Jim Carrey, Liar Liar. Oh, the color of the pen that I hold in my hand is royal blue. <laughs> I don't know where this ranks on any of the Jim Carrey classics, but uh, I think the whole nineties boom with his movies, you know, obviously Ace Ventura and all that. Um, this was sort of, I, for some reason, I remember it being towards the tail end of that, but I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. What do you, what'd you guys think of this movie? It's a classic classic. And you just gave me an idea for an episode, by the way, <laughs> I would love to know where exactly it ranks. I'd love to sit down and rank them, but in my mind, it's like super high. It's like him mm. at his peak. And um, it's, I don't know. I like I like it's like he's playing a lawyer. So yeah. he's got to do he's not like a goofy character, right? He's got to do like a lot more, but it's 
it, it's definitely the concept it hooks you in um and it's funny it's just he's you know, he, yeah. he just runs with it. I would say like all of her, all of Jim Carrey's my, modern, sort of all of his modern uh, comedies that are like set in the quote unquote real world mm-hmm. are all striving to be like Liar Liar, right? Like mm-hmm. Yes mm-hmm. Man and like anything else. That he's oh done. yeah, Yes Man. I Bruce Almighty or whatever it is. Like they yeah. all really at the end of the day want to hit like Liar Liar did, right? Because like that it's all like the same kind of thing. It's like the guy who needs to learn the sort of morality of his way. Yeah. Like, a lot of his movies are like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, and that's fine, but like liar, liar did it the best. And, uh, um, did it first. <laughs> and I think, like for me anyways, at least from like nineties, Jim Carrey, like excluding maybe Batman forever. Cause that's a whole other ball game. But like, I think it's like the Holy Trinity of Jim Carrey movies, right? You got Ace Ventura, then you have the mask. So that was 93, 94. You had another sequel for Ace Ventura and you have Liar, Liar. Liar, Liar, So it's like those were like his main movies for me. Yeah, I think so. I think that's exactly. Yeah, because the second Ace Ventura was also very popular. Oh, I love that one. It's so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, I I always at the time I haven't seen this. And oh, my God, this is 25 years ago. I bet I haven't seen this movie in 20 years. Um, But at the time, I remember it. i not finding it as as funny. Because I was so into the extra outrageousness of Ace Ventura and the Mask, but I got to rewatch it to be able to, f- you know, appreciate probably some of the other types of humor that are in it. It's probably what it is. But yeah, I doubt I've seen this movie for fifteen um, to twenty years. And what uh, there's a moment that I love from Liar Liar. Do you, do you remember when he gives his kid the the gift and it's in front of the stepdad? I think so. It's think it, so. the gift. Uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, it's a it's a ball and glove, right? Like yeah, for playing catch, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Like Jose Canseco. So so when he gives him the gift, you've got the guy. I can't remember his name right now, but he was Robin Hood Men in Tights. Was his name? Mm. Uh, he's playing like the straight man, but he's playing uh, like the the stepfather. Mm-hmm. And and he comes and he's like, "Whoa, great gift, Dad!" And Jim Carrey's just like. Thanks, son. <laughs> and every time he says that, it just drops me. It's so funny. And he has that Thanks, like classic son. look. Thanks, son. Like one of those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could just picture him doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the scene doesn't see the the scene doesn't pop up in my head as clearly, but I could just see him doing that either way, uh, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just watched him in Sonic. I watched Sonic for the first time last week, and uh, he's great in it. But oh that God, movie, so that movie is, man, that movie's good. Holy crap. Yeah. I actually really like that movie. I was actually going to say, it's a bit of a return to form for Jim Carrey. Like oh, it absolutely he, is. He I think had a departure it. from, he like he did some great movie. dramatic roles. And yes. Kind of had like yeah. a departure from acting for a while. And even yeah. when he did come back, it was like, okay, like. I remember he came back for Kick-Ass 2 or something like that. But yes. it wasn't like the best performance. His performance as Dr. Robotnik is actually legit. They they let him they let him be Ace Ventura basically like that's yeah. that's kind of that's what you feel like you're getting from that like they they tone it down a bit it's not it's not as adult or anything obviously which is fair enough but even though they do that they kind of let him roam free with the character and like that's it's exactly it's a return to form it's exactly what it feels like and that's you know liar liar and and all these movies that came around it are, are exactly that and it felt makes the movie even better I think. Yeah. When I think liar liar, I always think of the the pen is blue scene. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you just have him on his own, and he's just 
giving this performance and it's hilarious mm. and not, not many actors could could make you laugh just by you know you can't you can't write the wrong color yeah and that's <laughs> is basically he like what writes it on his face script. and stuff yeah too, he writes it all over his <laughs> yeah. face and yeah you know it, it's like it's so good man it's such a good movie well with his comedies, it always seemed like he was the driver. Like they were building yeah. these scenes off of what he could, like his abilities, right? Like, well, what what can he do with his face in this situation? Like, yeah. what can he throw his body around? Yeah, you know, his or... physical humor yeah. and just you know his general humor reminds him and Robin Williams kind of feel the same, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of same opportunities. Energy, that, yeah. yeah, same kind of energy, and they could really let them, you know get loose in in the scenes and like that pen scene or marker or whatever it is, is, is a perfect example. Like you could see a similar movie with a similar concept and Robin Williams be in that. Right. And he has lots of opportunities to do that. And those two guys always stood out and around the same time in, in the heat of the nineties was exactly what they, where they were the biggest, I think. So um, that's what that's, those two guys always sort of went hand in hand with me as the, with, that kind of comedy and everything so they were massive in the 90s like that first yeah. Ace Ventura film I saw three times in theaters when I was like eight yeah. <laughs> it, was crazy. it was absolutely crazy. he definitely shouldn't have been in there but that's, no. <laughs> that's hilarious I mean Jumanji and then you have the mask and then like all those movies just constant rotation for sure yeah. um, I know Jumanji's Robin Williams but you know what I mean um, okay so I have a mini quiz, I guess I could call it, for you guys, based on video games. Um, so in, in March of 1997, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. The five top rentals in March of 1997 in video games. This is across uh, one, Could two, they have come out earlier? They could have come out earlier, but... Okay. Probably not by much. I didn't look up the dates for each individual one. The top I think rentals in March. In March of '97. Oh boy. I've written down. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the full list anyway. But I've written down the top ones for each console. So there was the N64. There was the Super Nintendo that was still kicking. There was the PlayStation, the Sega Saturn, and the Genesis that was still kicking. So that's what I have. So I'm going to quickly. Is um, this? Uh... Like a, a back and forth or a single elimination attempt? We'll go back and forth, I think. Back and forth. Yeah, I think back right, Well, and forth. I have a guess, but I don't know if it was out quite yet. Okay, let me just grab the rest of the rentals here. Where did it go? Um, I got this. I got this. I got this. I got this. Oh, I even have arcade games. Ooh, I could do that too. If you're thinking of GoldenEye, I don't think it came out until the summer. No, GoldenEye was later. It was like... October yeah. or something, I thought. Well, my battleship is truly something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, so I guess. My okay, and this is this is just the this is just North America. So there's if there's some sort of some other one that pops right. up. Do you um, want to so, start with the sixty four? Yeah, take it. Take a guess of of the top rental in March of ninety seven for the N sixty four. Okay, I, I, I'm going to say Mario Kart. Yeah, I was going to say. The same thing. Yeah, it's Mario Kart. Yeah, because yeah. it, it it came out just came just out. prior to this. Okay, yeah, twenty five years this year 20, from Mario Kart. Ooh, exactly, twenty five years for Mario Kart. Um, I'm gonna cross that off the list. Uh, how about? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know that much about the Sega Saturn, but how about Sega Saturn? Uh, Sega Saturn. 
97. I mean, pick like a popular game in 97, I think, is the way to go. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Uh, 97, though. Hmm. Sega Saturn, I'm going to try. Man. I'll give you a clue. It's not an exclusive to Sega. It's like, it's not a Sega Sam- mm-hmm. franchise. Right. I'm going to try, like, Cruise in USA. <laughs> Good guess. No, that is not that. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go with the games I played on my friends, Sega Saturn. Ooh, and okay. we would play uh, the Mortal Kombat games. So I don't know, Mortal Kombat, like, Mortal Kombat, like, 3 or Mortal Kombat Ultimate. No, not on this list. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sega Saturn. I know. And these are rentals too, so it's a little bit tricky. (laughs) That's okay. We can keep going. Yeah, let's Okay, so Sega Saturn was... Can I have have another guess? Yeah, yeah, go. Okay. Um, Dead or Alive? No, not Dead or Alive. Was Dead or Alive out in 97? Shit. Um, It was either that or Tekken. That was the game I played with my... Oh, Tekken was like Virtual Fighter. Tekken's on like one of the one of the better sell like one of the best selling ones, but just not in March specifically. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Like it's one of the Virtua top. Virtua Fighter. Yeah. Virtua Fighter Fighters. would be a good guess. Yeah. No, it's not as far as the rentals go. I think All Virtua right. Fighter was on the top selling of the year. Um, All right. We failed. We failed. Sega, Sega Saturn <laughs> was Tomb Raider. Okay. Oh. All games, which I did not expect. That's why it's a bit yeah. of a tricky one. Um, Played that on PC. Yeah, I pl- I played that on my friend's PlayStation. That he had the first couple. So, um, the Sega Genesis. Uh, this one, I'll give you guys a clue. It is again not an exclusive, and it is an annual title. It's the title that generally comes out every year. And this is North America, right? This is North America. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll let Ian go first. Unless, <laughs> unless I, I uh, I'm gonna guess the well, first thing came to mind when you said that. The first thing came to mind was NHL, but if it's North America, I'll say, I'll say Madden. Yeah, it is not Madden because Madden comes out er, like September, August, kind of before football starts, right? So think of another, think of another okay. sport. How about that? Baseball. baseball. It is. It's M. It's NBA. NBA oh, Live. NBA, NBA oh, Live. Oh, NBA Live. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that would be the EA version of it, right? So right. the NBA version of, or the NBA version of the NHL games. Yeah. Okay, um, PlayStations, I don't really know if you guys will get this. So we'll go to Super Nintendo. What do you think? Super Nintendo, towards the end of its lifespan, um, last couple, last year and a bit of its lifespan, I would say. March of 97, top rental. Do you have any guesses, Ian? I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, that that paper mario game not paper mario no you're thinking of um rpg that one rpg rpg it's not that one yeah that came out this year but but i think later in the year yeah it's not that all right that was like the last like big title that they had yeah late stage uh super nintendo um I'll let you have a guess mike and then i'll give you guys a clue okay i'm gonna (laughs) gonna guess like a mar like a mario game Mario game or something or no. Yeah. So was there like a, a Yoshi game that came out? It's not a Yoshi seven? game. No. Okay. So it I'm is. I'm going to go and say killer instinct. Not killer instinct. No. <laughs> it is. 
a series of a series of games. Yeah, Killing Instinct would be earlier. Uh, a series of games that would be on my personal all-time list. It's one of those. Yeah. Okay. So pick oh, one of the uh, games. It, it's not Donkey Kong Country Three. It is Donkey Kong Country Three. Oh, nice. Yeah. It is Donkey Kong Country Three. That is the one. So um, those are the rentals. But for the year, as far as selling games, top was still Mario Kart sixty four in ninety seven. Um, Star Fox sixty four was up there. Super Mario, Diddy Kong, Golden Eye, Final Fantasy. Uh, Shadows of the Empire, all of these were on Nintendo all, 64. All the usual suspects. <laughs> this was when the 64 was truly it's when, the king, right? Well, yeah, because 64 came out in September, right? And games like GoldenEye and Diddy Kong Racing came out in 97. So they were all games that were pretty much brand new. And Mario Kart came out in 97. Like, all these games were brand spanking new. So um, it sort of ruled the consoles at that point. And PlayStation obviously had had a whole bunch as well. They had Madden, Crash Bandicoot was up there. Final Fantasy was a PlayStation exclusive at that point. So, um, and seven of all titles, of course. Um, so yeah, just those those games just sort of ruled it. And uh, and it was just 97, man. March 97, boys. We've, we've gone through at least one month. And I think the further we're, and the closer we get to summer, the more movies we're going to be able to talk about too. Because once... <laughs> Especially once Early May movie hits. Season. Yeah, movie season just starts ramping up once April and May hits. So um, so like Mike mentioned earlier, we're going to have our summer movie wager again. But we are going to, like we did last year with 1996, we're going to do it with 97. Um, unfortunately, Kazam does not have a sequel, so we will not be watching <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> I but, do have another uh, 97 drop I could mention. It came oh, you do? the same day as Liar Liar. It was a re-release in theaters of the classic The Godfather. Oh which, yeah, I did uh, see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was twenty-five. It would have been twenty-five years old at the time. Therefore, it's going to be fifty years old in March. Right. Uh, this year, so that's a big one because that's you know if, if we ever do get around to talking about greatest trilogies of all time, that's definitely a contender. March twenty-first, um, so, March twenty-first of two thousand twenty-two will be fifty years. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. So seventy-two. Didn't realize how old monster that movie is. Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> both both part one and part two were like monsters in the industry. Like they yeah. took so many Oscars. Yeah, it's crazy. I, and and as they should be, right? Yeah, so, yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay, so we'll get to more '97 stuff. We have um, a great discussion coming up with some special guests about collecting as well. We're going to talk about collecting old video games and just sort of building nostalgic collections. I think overall, that's going to be something to look out, out for, for the next few weeks. And uh, of course our Patreon page, we're going to be building that more, lots of uh, pre-show banter that we have, especially from today. And we also have our full breakdown of the book of Boba Fett, which we did very recently as well. Um, you can't find a couple of those episodes sprinkled on our main feed as well, but uh, just uh, heads up there. And uh, until that time, Mike, where's everyone finding our other shenanigans? at day back in on social media so find us on basically all the social media platforms uh instagram twitter tiktok at day back in is the handle there and the podcast is called back in my day if you want to support the show a uh, good way to do it is you know give us a review on your podcast app of choice apple podcast really helps and so does uh, good pods so good pods is the podcast app that we've i've been using a lot lately we've been using a lot lately 
and it's a great uh, app to find uh, different podcasts and support support uh, indie podcasts. So check out Good Pods, check us out at Day Back In, and thanks for listening. Yeah, perfect. And uh, just a heads up for the Patreon page, um, it only takes $2 to contribute and you unlock literally everything that we have on there right now. So thank you to everyone who has contributed so far. We have a select few people, but hey, thank you anyway. We're going to keep growing it either way. It's just a fun extra stuff that we can throw out there for everybody to enjoy. And uh, until our next episode, which so far looks like it's going to be the collecting episode, but until that time, thanks everyone for listening. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me and we'll talk to you next time.